Hello, everybody. It's me. I'm back again. I'm so sorry. A few of you have got in touch saying, have I missed something? Uh, where have you gone? Um, uh, I think the last episode I did was Wednesday and it was the one word technique. And uh, then it was my birthday and then there were other things happening and I keep meaning to get back to it. And here I am at last with with an interesting one. I, I, I will try not to be too vague and rambly here, but this one's not an easy one to talk about, I would say. You see, I think I've noticed in the last couple of days as I've been reading social media, talking to people, that um, the novelty is very definitely wearing off in our coronavirus retreat and it's getting hard and we're six days in more or less to full shutdown and it all pretty much as full a shutdown as we've known thus far and it's not easy and on this day we have heard that the Prime Minister is warning of tighter measures still and I think for some of you that just feels intolerably difficult and I, I really hear that. And what do you do in this with prayer? Well when I'm in a situation where uh, I'm <laughs> things are hard it is my natural impulse as I'm guessing it is yours to look for a solution to look for things we can do to make it better and uh, there are always things we can do but there's also a thing we need to do which is to choose not to insist on it getting better and I'm saying choosing my words carefully here because I believe it will get better and I believe there are things we can do to help ourselves but there's an important stage in the process of grief and loss and pain, which is simply to let things be the way they are. I'm not going to use the word accept because I think that's a an unhelpful word sometimes that we've got to accept them. That sounds like we're saying they're OK. The whole point is we need to be able to say this is not OK. Um, we've got a singer songwriter here in Canterbury called Luke Jackson. and He wrote a song a few days ago called This Is Not OK. And it's it's interesting because it absolutely expresses the whole sense of I know this is and I know we've all got to go through this, but this is not OK. And it'll not surprise you to know that that's uh, one of the phases which we most need to do in prayer. You see, if you sit on your own without prayer and you just sit there going, this is not OK, this is not OK, this is not OK. All you have is grief isolation pain the kind of the reality of it weighs in on you doesn't it whereas if you can sit in prayer knowing that there are millions of people who are praying the same thing as you today and say god this is not okay uh, it makes a difference and uh, the psalms are the place we go for this stuff because the psalms are full of it is not okay and i'm going to read you a bit of a psalm in a moment but i want to say two things to you before i read it just to give you some context. Firstly, the Psalms are difficult sometimes to interpret because they seem to deal with stupendously dreadful stuff. They seem to deal with, you know, their kings complaining about their nations being overrun with enemy and, and they're, they're people who have uh, who are suffering the most dreadful things. And I think in our society where, if we're honest, even the most frustrating day of lockdown is still fairly privileged compared to what some of the world lives. It's hard to pick up a psalm. You feel a bit guilty, don't you? you kind of feel like, well, 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 I've not got anything quite that bad going on. But here's a helpful way to think of it, or at least a way that helps me. Um, if you look at cave drawings that have survived for thousands of years, 
you don't get an awful lot of detail. You get lots of outline and lots of atmosphere from them, but you don't get the fine detail that you get in a photo. And I think that's what we've got with the Psalms. We've got documents, we've got prayers that are centuries old, even thousands of years old, and they don't have the contour and the detail of the modern photo of our modern lives. They don't, I don't think Psalms survived that said things like, my, it took it ever such a long time to dry the washing out by the river today. <laughs> we we didn't get those. I, they probably existed, but they're not the ones that have survived. The ones that have survived are the very bold lines of life is absolutely awful right now. <laughs> so those are the ones we're left with. Second thing to understand about the Psalms, and this is particularly relevant for what I'm about to read you, is that for the most part, in the time they were written, and or at least composed, they probably weren't written for quite a while, but composed, it was the prevailing belief that if bad things happened to you, it was God that brought them about. So very brief little theological tangent to say um, there are several ways of viewing bad stuff that happens. Uh, later, um, and certainly in New Testament times, there might have been an understanding that something's happened because of a spiritual enemy, an opponent. Um, that's not something you find in the oldest uh, con contributions to the Old Testament. That Actually, the, the people of God did have a concept of Satan, but mostly they believed that if something bad happened to you, it was because God wanted it to happen to you and God made it happen to you. And so that makes the Psalms an interesting read. Bad things were either humans doing bad things to you or God doing bad things to you. Now, we've got a couple of other options in our modern mindset, Christian mindset. One of them is Satan, as I've said, the idea that there's a an opposition to God that makes bad things happen. I would not for a moment suggest that that opposition uh, is what makes coronavirus happen at all. But uh, because we have a fourth option which is that stuff happens. The world is broken, fallen. We recognise, uh, because of our understanding of science, we recognise the flaws, we recognise cells that mutate in the wrong way, uh, microbes that destroy their host, all those kind of things are things we recognise to be a reality uh, in the nature of our world, the world, the creation, the created order in which we live. So we've got a couple of options the early psalmist didn't have. And uh, you need to understand that when you read the psalms, because that's why you often see what we're going to see in a moment in Psalm 88, which is this idea that God makes bad things happen. And God is also the person you ask to stop those bad things happen, happening. So I'm at verse six, uh, if you want to know. And this is the NIV. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known? in the place of darkness, or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? 
but I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbour. Darkness is my closest friend. Yes, it's not the easiest of reads, is it? <laughs> and not the easiest of prayers either. And so many of the Psalms have a happy ending, don't they? We call them, well, I don't know if others do, but I call them the hinge Psalms, you know, the ones that start really bad and then they go, but God, but this is all true, but God. And then uh, it all gets happy to the end. There's no but God in Psalm 88. It's just, this is tough, this is tough. And by the way, if I hadn't mentioned it already, this is really tough. So if that's where you find yourself today, be encouraged because you stand in a long line of those who are able to say it's tough without necessarily looking for the happy ending. Now, let me get one thing straight. I am all in favour of recognising the goodness of God in the midst of our terrible circumstances. I'm all in favour. I don't have a problem with that at all. But I think sometimes we jump to that very quickly. We think, well, I need to find the, the God solution in this. I need to be able to, I need to, these, these thoughts of lament, as they're called in the Christian tradition, are a bit uncomfortable. So how can I rush on to the good stuff about God? We, we do need to get to the good stuff about God. But we also need to be allowed not to rush. And for all of us, I suspect, somewhere in the middle of this coronavirus experience that we're having, there will be days which are not but days. They are days when we just say, this is tough. And we know that God is okay with that. God hears. God is present, as we were saying the other day. God is near. God is close. God is around you. God is with you. And it is okay to say that it is tough. And it is, uh, it is uh, even intolerably tough for some of you, I would say. So, what is this psalm? It's a kind of a everything's difficult and. So sometimes what we do is we say, but, you know, everything's tough, but God is good. This psalm is an and psalm. It's everything is difficult and God is still my best bet. Do you get the difference? Not everything is difficult, but God's fine and God's going to come through and it's all going to be okay. It's yeah, everything's awful. And God is here and God is in it and God is my best bet for coming through this. Um, some of the translations do an interesting thing with verse 13. So verse 13 talks about every morning my, my uh, prayer is going to come before you. And some of the Psalms say it more like I'm going to keep praying every morning. I'm going to keep doing this because even in the toughness, I do know God that you are still the best place for me to turn. 
it is tough and God is there. And so I am going to keep on bringing my lament. I'm going to keep on saying it how it is. I'm going to keep on putting myself in the way of God, even if I believe God has brought all of this on me. And that's unfair and that's hard. I am still going to keep coming back to God. I hope that is helpful. Uh, It feels to me terribly as one who loves to bring a solution. It feels to me inconclusive. But I think we need inconclusive days at these times. Days when we don't sort everything out, we just let everything be. May this be one of those days for you.